Welcome to the Making Our Way podcast, where we are here to talk about navigating life in an unfamiliar and often complex world. My name is Chaz, one of your co-hosts for the podcast, and I'm joined by my other co-host, Lane. Lane, how are you doing today? I'm good. I got to get out my corduroys today. It was cold enough, so I'm I'm really happy. I love corduroys yeah, in the wintertime. It is, it is finally feeling like winter, which is, is nice, which is finally... Uh, I feel like we've had a lot of summer leading. Yes, puts you more in the holiday spirit. It does. It does get you ready for that, Um, which we are continuing on talking about through our waiting series, uh, talking about um, Advent. And this is our um, this is our last episode in that in that waiting series. And today we're going to talk about love. Uh, And we've talked about peace and joy and hope before this, and we're rounding it off and finishing it with the topic of love. And uh, But before we get into that main segment, um, we want to start with the way we always start this podcast, with sort of what is spinning your compass. And and this segment uh, is what we talk about, is where we talk about uh, what's standing out to us right now. So Lane, I think you're going to, you're going to start us off with what's spinning your compass today. Well, my boys are both coming in tonight. It is their 32nd birthday tomorrow. So we're going to get to see them, and I always love to see them. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, it's so it's so neat to relate to them as adults now. Mm. And it's just a different kind of relationship, um, and we really have a lot of fun together. That's cool. When we, when we get together. And uh, I'm just grateful today, I guess, to be a dad. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. And this is a good time of year to be reminded of all of that, it too. It is. And it, it really is. Especially with you know, with as infrequently as we get to see people these days. That's a, that's a good one. It's a good segue into our topic today too, for sure. So as I mentioned before, uh, we are coming to the end of our waiting series. uh, And throughout this, we've been talking about Advent, the season of Advent, how Advent is connected to this idea of, of waiting and preparing and getting ready and we've covered topics of hope and joy and peace. And if you want to go back and listen to those, you can find those uh, on our on our podcast channel for sure. Uh, and we encourage you to go even listen to the one before that on waiting, where we kind of introduced the series as well. Um, but now we're on to the last topic for uh, for this waiting series, and it's uh, we're going to talk about love. And this this in some ways I think can be the hardest to talk about. Um. Because the word love is used in so many different ways and it's used to, um, for so many different things in our, in our, just our common everyday vernacular, you know, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of other languages. I was thinking through this, you know, like when we, you know, when you studied other languages for seminary and stuff like that, they're like the, the languages of the Bible all had multiple words, that, that we all translate into English as the word love. And I was thinking through like, you know, there are other, um, other languages too, that just have these, these multiple different words that we sort of use all, we could have in English, we sort of push all of those into in, one. Yeah. Into this one word. And, and it just, it just gets tossed around so much. Like we use it, we use it for things like I love tacos, <laughs> uh, which I do love tacos. Yes, I do too. Uh, and like I use it to say I love my spouse, right? Like, and so like this one word has this huge, gets the, all of this mileage, you know, which are obviously two very different 
things, obviously. They're talking about two very different types of love. And even when we talk about two things like, you know, I love music or I love my kids. Like this is, these are all, we all use this one word, but it's, we're, we're, we're meaning very, very different things when we, uh, buy this sort of this one word. So it, so when we bring this idea of love back into the waiting season, um, and, and this is, this is really a season as I was thinking about this, it's a season that we really prepare for mystery in our lives. Um, and I, that, that, that idea had been sort of rest, tossed around in my head, this idea of that, that Advent isn't something and, and what we're waiting for isn't necessarily even something that's, that, 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 that's that clear. Right. Um, it's something that's rather mysterious. Um, and that, that really got me thinking of, um, of love as well. And so we, I want to try and be as specific as we can about what we mean by love when we talk about love and Advent and waiting, because there is so many different ways to talk about it. Um, and I think it's helpful that, um, that love is, is the last one of these, isn't it? Yes. Um, because in some ways I think it goes back to all of the other things that we've talked about. I think there's connections back to hope. There's connections back to joy. There's connections back to peace. Um, and in some ways it's, it's just connected to all of these. Love brings it all together. Yeah, it does. And, and we see elements, um, we see the way that they're all sort of tied together. Um, and so to get us going on this conversation, uh, I want to read, uh, two quotes, um, from an author named Pete Rollins. Uh, and we've used his quotes in this podcast before, but we're going to start, um, start with one and then talk about it for a bit and then we'll move on. Uh, to another one. So the first one goes like this. Uh, and in this quote, he's talking about um, the idea that God is love from first John. And so he, this is, uh, this is what he says. He says, for God as love expresses the idea that the sacred is not found in a distant object towards which we focus our love, but rather is testified to in the act of loving itself. Faith then is not a set of beliefs about the world, it is rather found in the loving embrace of the world. I really like that. What stands out to you about that? Well, I mean, we all say that we love God. Of course we love God. But in order for love to be real, it has to be expressed in the world, in the embrace of the world. And that's what we claim about, you know, this whole idea of this, of incarnation that somehow God became flesh to become one of us because he loved us. And if he did that, then we are to, I don't know if this is a word in flesh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I think it's a word. Yeah. That, that love, Mm -hmm. um, to others. Um, and it helps us to see that to me that following Christ is, is more than just, um, I don't know how to say this, a, a, a religion, mm-hmm. but it is a lifestyle. It right. is, it's to be lived every day um, and expressed. Yeah, and I think it, 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 what I find really helpful, too, about this this way of thinking is, is it does kind of challenge some of those notions of faith and love that I think a lot of times we're not necessarily even explicitly taught. They're just sort of like, they're just sort of absorbed into it because if I were to place back and see like, where did I, you know, 
I can't think of a time where someone was like, oh, here's like, you need to make sure you do this checklist Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're loving God. Right. Right. But there is some way that I think there's something natural within us as humans to where we want to be able to, to quantify that. We want to be able to know that we did our part, we did our job and that we don't have to, you know, we can check that box. And, you know, when faith and, and love and God becomes this, this object like that, it becomes easy to, to sort of check that box and not think about yes. the rest of the world. And I don't know. I, I just feel like that's, it, it's easy to fall into that, into that, that, that trap, I guess. Or, or to say, you know, uh, I love God, but I really don't have to do a whole lot as far as loving with my neighbor or working on how I live my life in a loving way. Right. And it doesn't, I think it's, I think it, it, it puts, in some way, it, t- it kind of takes us out, it t- puts us off the hook in some ways. Sure. Um, and and I think that's, I think what's, what I find so powerful about, you know, the, you know, particularly the way that Jesus talks about love and the way the scriptures talk about love is that it, it really does challenge this. Um, even though in some kind of weird way, you know, we build these sort of religious rules around sort of protecting ourselves from the radicality, like from the, from that like real challenge on our lives and getting to this, you know, moving from this idea that God is an object to be loved, but God is the engine of love, I think is a way that, 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 that's to me what I see when I, when I, when I see, um, the way that love is talked about in in relation to Advent, but also in, in relation to sort of like how we understand God. And you know, in, in the, in the gospel of John, there's this whole concept of the disciples are really Jesus. He refers to them often as his friends. Mm -hmm. There's this whole thing about friendship. And, you know, as he's trying to share with them before he leaves them, he says, you know, there's just this one commandment you need to follow, Mm -hmm. love one another. And then he says, if you do this, then people around you are going to know that you are my friends or you are my followers. And, Sort of that that hymn, that old I think it's the old gospel hymn, "Love Came Down at Christmas." Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah. If it came down, it's not going to go back up. Right. <laughs> stay. It's here it, to stay. It, it's here to stay, and we got to live in it and yeah. and make it real. Yeah, and I think that's what I think what I think what gets difficult sometimes, which is totally understandable, is we see we have this draw most of us, I think, to, to sort of, um, to go into the world, to, to sort of like, to love others. But then we, we're, we're quickly confronted with a lot of things that are very, very challenging and that seem to run counter to this idea that love can be found in the world. And I think that's something that we have to, um, we have to really think through in terms of when we talk about love too, is, you know, and this is why I think it's connected to hope. Because love isn't something, in, in some ways, we never fully achieve it. Um, but and that's what and that's why it's an engine, right? That's why it's a like it's a propulsion mechanism as opposed to sort of like something that we accomplish. Like it has to be. Um, this this is a really funny example, but like I was, I think I was just flipping through my phone this morning, and they were testing some kind of rocket. Um, I think it was a SpaceX rocket that they eventually want to take people to Mars on. 
it did this thing where it like went up like eight yeah, miles I in the air <laughs> and then it like flipped itself over, but then it like crashed yes. on its way down. And I don't know. It's in some ways, like, I think that's, I, I kind of see that as this really interesting picture of love. Like it is this engine, uh-huh. but then like it's here to stay. Um, and it is, it is this, not this thing that we accomplish, but this thing that propels us into the world and this, this way of viewing the world, this set of lenses to see the world with. I, I really like that illustration because I think, you know, there are experiences in our lives that really propel us to love. And we're like that rocket, you know, we're so excited about going out in the world and being loving. And then all of a sudden we're faced with somebody that, you know, irritates us to death or somebody who's very different from us that we, we, we start judging. Yeah. And then, you know, the rocket sort of goes, <laughs> yeah, it loses. Yeah. And I think that part of it is this sustaining that, that propulsion. And I think too, like one of the things, you know, you mentioned sort of like things that it runs up against. I think one of the ones I, I know for me, this is, this comes into the, the, into play often is when you, when you see something that seems so insurmountable, mm-hmm. like you look at an issue like, you know, issues like um, like poverty or racism or some of these like very large things that just seem like how in the world could we even begin? And, and it almost leads you to this place of like, you know, you, you resign before you even start because things seem so large. And that's why I think this, for me, this idea of, of, of movement or, or, or propulsion or an engine is so helpful because it doesn't like, we may only get, a couple clicks down that track. Sure. Right. But that's the point, you know? Um, and there, there is something that is sustaining, you know, and that's why, and again, this I think why it goes back to the idea of joy too, you know, like that, you know, what keeps us propelling and moving forward in love is that we find our joy in that, sure. in that movement. And I think the other thing that's really hard for us, and I have to remind myself of this over and over again, that, Love is not always a feeling. Love, a lot of times, is an act of my will. Mm-hmm. I have to make a choice to love mm-hmm. when I don't want to love. Yeah. And when you think about that in terms of God, I mean, I'm sure there are times when God really doesn't want to love us. Yes, I'm sure that is the case. <laughs> but um, love has this power of will, too. That that's important in so many things. Yes, in relationships, in the way that we treat the world, um, particularly the way we treat people that are different and that think different or believe different or politically different or whatever the different. That idea of a choice is so important. Because you you just use the word relationship, and I was talking to somebody yesterday about racism, and this person was really troubled about you know how like what you're saying how are we mm-hmm. gonna how are we gonna deal with this and we in our conversation basically just, you know, came to the realization that's going to start with relationships mm-hmm. that having conversations with people and, and asking questions and what is it like for you and what has been your experience and, you know, trying to see the other side of things that are so different than our own side. I think those relationships are just so critical and we need to remember that even though that may seem very small, if everybody were doing that, it could make a difference. Yeah. And I think too, we, we often forget the ways that relationships are still a part of the large systemic things. 
Um, I think of, I think you'll appreciate this example lane as a history buff. Um, so I, what you said made me think of like the relationship between, um, Martin Luther King and, uh, Lyndon Johnson, even getting big things like the civil rights act passed still were people in relationship with each other that didn't always necessarily like agree, but like there was still this, we're, we're, we're going to be mutually committed to moving together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you're better at the history than I am, but like, that's just like that idea came to my mind that even when we think of things like systemic change, those still boil down to people, right. right. And they're people in rooms making decisions and, um, and there are people sort of, you know, talking about ideas and, um, it is even at the core of those things, there's still, it's still relationships. There was a really moving article, um, recently in the Winston-Salem Journal. Um, I believe it's a small town in, in North Carolina where they're having the debate about the Confederate statues. And there was a 16-year-old who came and spoke to a city council and basically said, I was raised as a white supremacist. Mm. And he began to tell his story. And he said he became friends with some black kids in his class and they started to talk about their experiences over lunch. Mm. And that happened over a period of time. And he got up at the city council and he told this story. And he said, this is why I think that some of these statues need to come down. Mm-hmm. Because I've I've come to understand why this is offensive. Well, it may not be offensive to me. I've come to understand why it's offensive to somebody else. Right. Which, that was relationships. Yeah. It takes being able to sort of be in those moments and see the way that that loving your neighbor, loving others is that it, it is a, it is a choice. It's easy to sort of like, yeah, to not do it. Uh-huh. Um, but it is, it is sort of a, a, a way of seeing the world that, um, that we sort of have to bring, we have to bring to things. There's another quote from Pete Rollins and this, I think it brings together some of these ideas uh, and it brings in the idea of incarnation, which we've talked about and why that's so important to the idea of love, but also why it's important to this, just this whole season of waiting and this season of Advent. So this is, this is the, another quote. It says, in the incarnation, we find a fundamental transformation in the way that we are to approach God, a shift that takes us away from a religious understanding, which treats God as an object worthy of love, to a religionless understanding to which God is found in the very act of love itself. And we see some of the parallels to that first quote that I, that we read, but I think what is, what I think I want to spend a little bit of time talking about was this idea, one of the incarnation and two, like how that affects how we, how we understand love. And, you know, the basic idea of the incarnation is what we're sort of the season of Advent, right? That, that, that the infinite, that God, the, that, um, sort of came to or in fleshed, indwelled earth uh indwelled humans um and because of that like that's how we relate to god um and and again i think this idea when we turn god into to an object that can sort of be loved he he connects it to this idea of this is a religious approach and for me like you know that that's a tricky word i think in our in our in our um <clears throat> in our world today because you know religion gets a lot of critiques um, and what, what do we mean by that? You know, and all of those kind of things. But for me, I connect that to the idea of when, if God is an object, God becomes like an idol. 
And if God's an idol, it's almost like this vending machine transaction. Like you, you know, I've got my, my love quarters and I make sure I put enough love quarters into the vending machine. uh, And then I get out whatever it is. Right. And I think that, I think what the idea of the incarnation and Advent and this season teach us is that it is, it is so much not about a transaction. Um, it's so much about um, a way of a way of life. Let me give a little plug for the Moravians. I think this is one of the things that continues to inspire me about our understanding of faith is that because Christ became one of us, that this life we live in trying to follow him is a lifestyle. It is a it is a daily walk. We're never going to get it right. We just keep working at it day after day after day. It's in relationships. It's in our interaction with the world. And it's not a religion where we hold all this in and we have a book that we go and read and, and look at all the time. And But it's it's taking us out into the world. Mm-hmm. Just to go a little bit deeper on this idea, for you, what connects that to the idea of being Moravian or the Moravian approach to faith for you? Well, I think Zinzendorf, who was um, the Moravian's benefactor and, and friend, really brought this to light in his emphasis on the incarnation. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about this this litany that he wrote called the litany of the wounds. I mean, he even talked about, you know, all the physical aspects of Christ's life and that because God became flesh, that the flesh is good mm. and that humanity is good on God's part or in God's view and that is in our interaction with the world and with other humans that we express this love that was shown to us in Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think Zinzendorf really, you know, emphasized this a lot in the, in what we call the renewed Moravian church after 1722. Yeah. We might have to do, we'll have to do a whole episode on going deeper on that. That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think, I mean, I think that's such a good, I think that's such a good point because what is interesting, I think about, you know, about, about Christianity, it is, it is almost like it is this, it's this religion that challenges us to overturn religion. Yes. You know, like there, there is, there is a religious element to it. Like there's practices involved, there's things you commit to, but it's always committed to, to moving it forward, to, to, to deconstructing it and reconstructing it, to never being stuck in one place. Right. And I think we forget that. I think it's easy to sort of like get into sort of like sort of habits, rituals, and then just sort of leave them there. We think that that becomes the act of love itself and forget that is these things that are, that put us into the mindset that remind us that keep that sort of edge sharpened that, um, that God is in the very act of love itself. And, and I think that's what, you know, Christ was trying to say to the religious leaders of his time. How that, so? That, well, I, I love that quote where he, where he says, um, you tithe or you give 10% of your herbs. And he mentions dill and mint and cumin. But he says, 
you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, right. love and justice and mercy. These things you should have done, but you've neglected them. You've your your religion, mm-hmm. all your rituals and your customs and your traditions have become more important to you than loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Or you have equated those things with loving your neighbor. Right. It makes me. It does make me wonder. We should challenge everybody to go into their spice cabinet <laughs> and find your cumin. And I want you to parse out 10% of it and send it to the podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, but no, I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's so true because it, this is why I keep going back to this idea of, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm going back to this too many times, but I keep going back to this idea of propulsion or engine. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that like those, the pra- like the things that we do together when we gather are important, but unless they're sort of like, coal in that furnace instead of like worshiping the furnace, you know, like that's, I think that's the difference, right? Like, is it, is it, are we, are we sort of like, you know, making it look nice and decorating it, but not actually fueling it? Um, Because we, we lose the fact that, that it is, it is the going into the world that, that is, that is the point, the trueness of the joy and the, the peace and the hope and the love is found is in that act of going into the world. Um, and, and we forget that, I don't know, we, it's easy to sort of isolate ourselves up and, and, and lose that, lose that idea. Cause the, you know, all of our, our tradition, our customs, our, our ways of worshiping, that's supposed to be the, like you say, that's supposed to be the coal or that's the fuel that sends us out into the world. You know, we don't come here to be religion, right? But we, come here to be fueled so we can go out and live our faith in the world. And I, and I, and I don't know, it just brings me back to this, this idea of, of it really, it is so much, it's helpful to think through these, these ideas when we talk about love, because it, it does run, it does run against some of the, it help it helps us to hone in what we mean. Right. Because it, because we do use that word so many times for so many different reasons. Throw it around. Um, and yeah, and I, I think it's, it's important to be, to be as specific as we can. Um, when we, when we think through like, what do we, what does it mean to, to sort of love in this way? Um, yeah, I think that's, it's important to think through. Um, and I, I see why it becomes easy for God to, to be this object too. It does attempt to make sense out of a world you know, arrange something that seems so chaotic. Like it makes sense that we try to do that as humans because it's a natural response to like, what in the world are we doing in this, in this world and what is going on in life? Um, and I think that it's, it, this is a challenge. It, this is why it becomes a leap of faith because it, I think God is asking us that this type of love is asking us to trust in something that doesn't quite make the most sense and it's trusting us to leave something that that feels really comforting. Like it's really comforting to know like, okay, I did my part to love God this week or I did my part to love my, and I, I've checked that box. I can go to sleep and I can, you know, go sure. and I can, I can, but this is, it's challenge. Like this, this idea of love doesn't mean that it's going to give us easy answers. It doesn't mean in some ways it invites us even closer to the parts of life that are the most challenging yes, because it's, it's inviting us to this, this type of love is sending us to the parts of the world that are the most 
difficult and and heart wrenching, and they seem like they don't make sense. Uh, whether that's in our personal lives, whether that's in our personal relationships, whether it's in society, like this type of it's going to force us to go into places that are uncomfortable. Um, and so I, I get why it's easy to make a to make a religious god, you know, and why we do that. Even even for people who aren't religious, you know, we create all kinds of um, different versions of God, whether we, we, you know, we call them God or not, you know, we can do it with our careers. We can do it with, we need to do it with good things like our families. Yes. Um, this type of love always brings me back to this idea of overturning. Um, and because that's so much of what Advent does. Yes. That's so much of what the, the Christmas story is about. It's about light breaking into darkness. Yeah. And I really like what you said about, this kind of love takes us into the the hard places, um, the places where maybe our love is tested. Um, and when you think about the life of Christ, I mean, where did he go? He went into all the hard places. He went into the, he had the hard conversations. And where did it, where did it lead? You right. Know, it, it was... It was not always this warm, fuzzy love, mm-hmm. but it was a love, like you said, that overturned, changed the world. Mm-hmm. And it's also a good reminder, too, that we're not alone when we do this. No. And that's like a really important thing to understand. We need each other. We need sort of traveling companions. Um, and I think even, you know, that's, I think, what we learn through Jesus's teachings too is like we're not alone because Christ is going with us but also we're not alone because we have one another and we have what is holding us together is this the is this version of love which is which is you know has a resiliency um that doesn't make it like I said doesn't make it all easier but it has it gives us the the, the ability to walk through those tough pl- tough places together I'm not a Greek scholar but I think in John 1, Gospel John, where it says, God came to dwell among us. I think that's literally God came to pitch his tent. Mm-hmm. He tabernacled. <laughs> he tabernacled with us. And I love that idea that, you know, God is coming to pitch his tent <laughs> right. with us. And then because of that, we pitch our tents with each other. Yes. You know, we're like a we're like a big campground. That's right. <laughs> I do like that image. We're, we're all in this together. Yeah. You know, it's just a powerful image to me. That is a good one. Um, and it reminds us of how much we see the divine, we see God in and through others. Um, and without that, it, it becomes sort of a, a religious, idolatrous, self, sort of self-isolated me and my own thing, which it, that's when it becomes, it can become dangerous to slip into that, that form of faith. I appreciate everybody tuning in for uh, for our last sort of episode on this waiting series. There's a couple um, before we get to the recommendation section, which is sort of our our final um, uh, our final segment of our podcast. Um, I wanted to sort of do a little bit of podcast housekeeping um, because we've got some kind of cool things that we wanted to sort of share. Um, 
one, I just wanted to thank everybody who has downloaded and listened yes. um, and is has been listening with us. Um, we've been sort of checking. We, well, first, we started this wondering who in the world would want <laughs> to listen to us at all. Um, still wonder. <laughs> and that is still a question that I ask myself every time we do this. Um, but uh, there are some people out there and you are listening and we thank you and yes. we appreciate it. And I just wanted to share this with you just because it was so touching to read. Um, and just wanted, just a reminder that we want this to be a conversation. So this is from somebody, somebody who commented and says, there are a few free minutes in my life at the moment. When I have a chance to listen, I want something that both informs me and makes me feel peaceful and hopeful. Making our way accomplishes all of those for me. Wow. And we just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. For who, um, for that comment. And we want other people to sort of comment. Um, as well, if you are out there and want to um, chime in, we have started a Facebook page and a Facebook group um, called Making Our Way. And I think that's where we're going to try to, um, the, that'll be kind of like the one spot where you can go and leave a comment um, or start a conversation. Obviously, if you leave it on iTunes or Spotify or those places, we'll, um, we'll check those too. But that's at least like one central place where we can kind of all go um, and, and sort of comment together. So we just really, um, we encourage you to go like that page, to, um, to say hello there. Um, both Lane and I will be checking that page. So we'll um, be there to continue the conversation. Um, and again, we just really wanted to say thank you to everybody out there because it, it means a lot that, that people took the time to comment and that people take the time to listen. And um, we are doing this because we we, we do believe that, that we are in this together. And by that, we don't just mean the two of us. Right. We mean all of us. Um, we mean everybody out there too. So thank you for that. Um, and so, so yeah, um, this concludes sort of our waiting, our Advent series. And we're thinking about doing one more that kind of is sort of like it, maybe a, like a sequel, maybe like a different, um, that is a little bit connected to this and then we'll move into some other topics. Um, and so let's, uh, we'll wrap this up with a recommendation and I think it's my turn to give a recommendation uh, for this episode. And I, I encourage you to go out there and find, uh, take a look at Peter Rollins' content. I've, we've quoted him a few times. Um, I really appreciate his work. He's got some really great YouTube videos. It's a good place to start. A lot of free content. Um, so just go out there. And he's got some stuff that are, that's really kind of connected to this season too of Advent. And so I just encourage you to go um, go peruse around his work. And I think you might find something that that you would really enjoy. Um, and so that's my recommendation for, um, for this episode. Um, and so thank you for joining us, uh, for, uh, for the podcast today, talking about love. Uh, we hope you'll subscribe and listen. Grace and peace, everybody.